0: We now come to Prime Minister's questions, Abner Pongasari. Yeah. Question number one, Mr Speaker. Prime
1: Minister. Mr Speaker, later today I will return to Belfast to mark the 25th anniversary of the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. It is an opportunity to thank some of the leading architects of peace for their courage and the pivotal role they play to set the groundwork for a better future for the people of Northern Ireland. We will also commemorate those who are no longer with us. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others in addition to my duties in this House. I shall have further such meetings later today.
0: sorry. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. We're in the middle of a housing crisis with mortgages soaring, rents rising, and house building set to a post-low. And just last week, with an interview with the Conservative Home, the Prime Minister admitted his disastrous decision to drop housing targets to appease Tory party members. Can the Prime Minister please explain to the House why the views of a thousand members are more important to aspiring homeowners and um, families across the country?
1: Well, Mr. Speaker, on this side of the House, we believe in empowering local communities. The decisions that are right for them, and to protect their green spaces, and the place where most acutely, where house building is not keeping up with need, is in Labour-controlled London.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Well, Speaker. Yeah, yeah. It's been reported that the Welsh Labour government is going to incentivise people smugglers by offering £1,600 of taxpayers' Crazy. money every yeah. month to Shame. asylum seekers. Yeah. Can I ask my right hon. Friend for an assurance that he will never contemplate such a daft idea in our small boats, Bill? Well, Mr Speaker, I know my noble friend Lord Bellamy and the Secretary of State for Wales wrote to the Welsh Government yesterday confirming that we would not be undertaking their request. Now, I know that the Labour leader has said that the Welsh Labour Government is his blueprint. Unbelievably, as my honourable friend said, Labour in Wales are trying to pay illegal migrants £1,600. Mr Speaker, we're stopping the boats. Labour's paying for them.
0: We now, come, we now come to the Leader of the Opposition, Keir Starmer.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. The Tory party chair says that public services are in pretty good shape. Has the Prime Minister met a single member of the public who agrees with him?
0: Prime Minister
1: Mr Speaker, Speaker, because of the record investment that we're putting into public services like the NHS we're now getting waiting lists down because of the reforms that we've made to our education system more children are studying in good and outstanding schools because that's what you get with a Conservative government more funding, more reform and better outcomes for Britain
2: he's living in another world to the rest of us People waiting more than two days from an ambulance because they broke the NHS. Only one in a hundred rapists going to court because they broke the criminal justice system. A record number of small boats crossing the Channel because they broke the asylum system. People can't afford their bills, can't get the police to investigate crimes, can't get a doctor's appointment. Does that really sound like pretty good shape yeah.
1: to him yeah. yes, well, mi- <laughs> mr speaker what's the record since since 2010 since 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 2010 crime down by 50% under the conservative government mr speaker 20,000 more police officers we've given them more powers and we've toughened up sentencing all opposed by sir softy over there yeah.
2: mr speaker
0: Either, either the prime order. Our constituents want to hear the questions and the answers. What the one says, you'll progress questions beyond. The prime minister wants to leave early, along with the leader of the opposition. Help me to help them,
2: Mr. Speaker. Either the prime minister doesn't use the same public services to the rest of us, yeah. or he simply can't see the damage they've done to our country. In 2019, Arya Lee, a convicted people smuggler. Threw boiling water over a prison officer, leaving him with first degree burns. The prison officer said it felt like acid. His face was on fire. His attacker was found guilty, received a prison sentence, quite right in my view.
1: Does the Prime Minister
2: agree? Well,
1: Mr. Mr. Speaker, While record is clear on sentencing, it was this party and this government that passed the Sentencing Act last year. It toughened up sentences, and the average custodial sentence has now increased since 2010 by almost two-thirds. For child sex abusers, it is up by 15 months, and for rapists, it is up by two years. And When our Sentencing Act ended, ended the automatic early release of offenders who pose a danger to the public, it was the Labour Party who voted against it.
2: Well, the problem is, Prime Minister, Ariely's sentence Ariely's sentence ended up being suspended. Yeah, yeah. And anyone watching this would wonder why someone who violently attacks a key worker isn't behind bars. Well, the court judgment spelt it out. It's because it took 16 months for the attacker to be charged. That's ridiculous. And it took another two years before he was sentenced completely unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. Can't the Prime Minister see that because they've lost control of the court service, yeah. Yeah. because they've created the largest court yeah. backlog on record, yes. he's letting violent criminals go free?
1: Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr Speaker, Mr. Speaker, here's the record. We're cracking down on grooming gangs and he's... He's uncomfortable, Mr Speaker. He's uncomfortable addressing. We toughen the law on sex offenders so they spend longer in prison. He voted against it, Mr Speaker. And we've increased rape convictions by over 60%. Meanwhile, he meanwhile, he, he, attended, he attended 21 sentencing council meetings that water down punishments that's why they call him the softy yeah. soft on crime soft on criminals yeah. mr speaker i've prosecuted thousands
2: upon thousands of sex offenders he's just shown he doesn't understand how the criminal justice system works no wonder he can't fix it and, and, and he thinks that cracking down on crime is suspending a sentence where someone should be in prison. Yeah. That shows the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And another reason, Mr. Speaker, another reason cited by the court for suspending the sentence in Ari Lee's case was a letter from the Justice Secretary in February about prison overcrowding. As a result of that letter, Courts have been told to have awareness of the impact yeah. of current prison population levels when passing sentences. Yeah. In simple terms, the wrecking ball the Tories have taken to criminal justice means that thousands of people who should be in prison aren't. The court also said, he shakes his head, he should read the judgment. The court also said that it's for the government to say when prison conditions return. To a more normal state. Now, I know the Justice Secretary has been busy trying to save his own job rather than actually doing it. But has the Prime Minister asked him when he's going to get a grip on the prison system and withdraw that letter which is
1: allowing criminals to walk free? Mr. Speaker, we're in the process of building 20,000 more prison places. That's what this government is delivering, because we're toughening up sentencing and putting more people behind bars and making sure that our most serious offenders spend longer there. But it, I, I love it when he talks about his record as a lefty lawyer, Mr. Speaker, because I was looking, I was looking at this, because when he was there, I read, he's quoting things, I read that people were really disappointed that his organisation let down victims. Oh. <laughs> That wasn't even my assessment. That was his shadow Attorney-General.
0: I want to get through these questions, so do my constituents. If there's any member whose constituents they aren't interested in, please leave the Chamber. Well,
2: Mr Speaker, uh, when I was in office as Director of Public Prosecutions, those benches, my greatest supporters. In 2013, the Home Affairs Select Committee said, uh, We would like to commend the work of the Director of Public Prosecutions, Keir Starmer. He's striven to improve the treatment of sexual assault. They go on to say,
0: Prime Minister's questions matter to our constituents. I wonder if I were you. It's not the day. I want to get through it because I'm trying to help the Prime minister and the leader. If you're not being helpful. We'll hear this question, no matter how long it takes. Keir Starmer.
2: Mr. Speaker.
0: this is 2030. order Ms. Stevenson, I've heard I've heard a few weeks. This is the last week. I suggest you quiet, or it's better you leave. Keir Mr
2: Speaker, this is the Home Affairs Select Committee in 2013. They go on to say the work I did should provide a model to other agencies, and when he leaves the CPS, he will be missed. Now, that report was presented to Parliament by the then Home Secretary, future Prime Minister, the right honourable member for Maidenhead. And the government, those pinches, noted and supported it. Now, it's obviously always a good look to have your work recognised, although they did lay it on a bit thick. So perhaps perhaps the Prime Minister will spend less time trying to rewrite history and more time sorting out the mess he's made of criminal justice. Because the crisis in criminal justice is just a snapshot of public services collapsing under his watch. People can see it wherever they look. Our roads, Our trains, the NHS, the asylum system, policing, mental health provisions. The Tories have broken them all, and all they've got left is excuses and blame. Now, I know the Prime Minister would rather talk about a maths lesson than the state of the country, but perhaps he could solve this equation. Why, after 13 years of a Tory government, are patients waiting longer than ever, criminals walking free, growth non-existence, and why, everywhere you look, does nothing seem to work at all. Prime
1: Minister. (laughs) Mr Speaker, Speaker, I can't can't quite remember, but I think he started by talking about when he was DPP (laughs) in 2013. I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm actually glad he brought that up because there was something else that happened when he was DPP in 2013, oh, yeah. and, and that was that was when he got his own special law, Mr. Speaker. I've got it right here. It's the, the, penchi- the pensions, the pensions increase. It's that the pensions increase for Keir Starmer. Oh, oh,
0: oh.
1: Order. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: just a mo- Can I just say, order, I expect both sides to listen to the questions and the answers. Prime Minister.
1: Mr Speaker, here it is. It's the the pensions increase pension screen for Keir Starmer, QC, 2030. We're, well we're introducing a transformative policy to support doctors doctors to cut the waiting list faster. He wants to raise taxes on public sector workers. And it's literally it's one law for him and tax rises for everyone else.
0: Double, don't let me double down on you. Please, Sally Ankar. Mr Speaker. Recently I presented a Prime Minister's Point of Light Award to Joan Willett, nearly 107, for her fundraising for the British Heart Foundation and two other Hastings and Rye residents, Anthony Kimber and Alastair Feli, were celebrated as community champions at number 10. Will the Prime Minister join me in thanking all our fantastic volunteers and community champions not only in Hastings and Rye but throughout the United Kingdom and will he continue to bring them together in celebration?
1: Can I thank my hon. Friend and I am absolutely delighted that Joan received her points of light award and volunteers and community champions like Joan and Anthony and Alistair all make important contributions to their local community, and we're all very grateful to them. In fact, every month, Mr. Speaker, millions do the same thing. They deserve our praise. Their generosity is integral to what makes our country and our community special, and it's right that we do everything we can to celebrate them.
0: The S.M.P., Stephen Flynn.
1: Yeah.
0: As I said, I really do want to try and help the Prime Minister. If you don't, I do. Stephen Flynn,
3: Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that they had an equally, I'm delighted to hear that they had an equally peaceful and relaxing Easter break as I did, Mr. Prime Minister, Prime Minister. Was it their refusal to stand alongside striking workers on the picket line, their acceptance of the economic damage being caused by Brexit, or perhaps their support for denying the people of Scotland the right to choose their own future, which led to the leader of the Scottish Conservative Party
1: urging voters to back Labour? Uh, well, Mr. Mr. Speaker. I mean, it, it, what we're doing is not getting distracted by the things that are going on elsewhere, and we're focused on delivering for the people of Scotland. Uh, we're making sure that we fund public services well with one and a half billion extra pounds in Barnet consequentials. We're making sure that we provide support with the cost of living. Now, I know, Mr. Speaker, at the moment, him and his party are focused on other matters. We're just going to motor on with the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma- Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, let me be clear. We will take no lectures,
3: no lectures from a party which has not had a mandate to govern in Scotland since 1955. He went to three Prime Ministers in the course of just a matter of months who crashed the economy, who said mortgage rates soaring, who've taken energy support away from families most in need. Now, our Prime Minister has been fined by the Police not once. Bit twice, who take donations from Russian backed donors, and who, of course, have stuffed the House of Lords with people like Baroness Moan. But, Mr. Speaker, let's be clear what we're talking about is the fact that the leader of the Scottish Conservatives believes that the people of Scotland should return Labour Party members of Parliament to this House rather than Scottish National Party members to this House. So, isn't the message to the people of Scotland quite
1: clear? Don't give the Tories what they want. Yeah! Mr. Speaker, actually, the, 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 the Scottish Conservatives deserve enormous praise yeah! for for forcing, for forcing, actually, for forcing the SNP into abandoning their completely unworkable, fundamentally flawed deposit return scheme. Mr. Yeah! Speaker. So it's good that the uh, SNP U-turned and listened to the voices of the Scottish Conservatives and to business, and we look forward to working with them on delivering something that actually works to deliver for the people of Scotland. And that's just it, Mr Speaker, because if they can't fix the mess that Nicola Sturgeon left their party in, how can they possibly fix the mess that she left Scotland in? <laughs> Mr Speaker, it seems, it seems clear that the junior doctor's strike is causing serious risk. Of loss of life, and certainly causing harm and pain to thousands of our constituents. The first line of Hippocratic Oath is, first do no harm. When does the Prime Minister think the BMA abandoned this central tenet of their profession? Yeah. Well, Mr. Speaker, I thank my honourable friend for his question. We value the work of junior doctors and are keen to find a fair and reasonable settlement which recognises their role and the wider economic context facing the UK. Uh, he's right to highlight the impact on patient safety, and that's why this government has brought forward minimum safety legislation to ensure that patients can rely on a core level of emergency service to protect vital patient care. That's something that we on this side of the House support, but I know is not something. Supported by the party opposite. And David. Speaker, tooth decay is the number one reason that children over four end up in hospital. Regular dental checkups could prevent that, but too many parents can't get one for their child. In the East Riding of Yorkshire, there are now almost 3,000 people per NHS dentist. In places like Herefordshire and Norfolk, fewer than two in five children were seen by dentists. In the past year. This is a scandal, Mr. Speaker. So, will the Prime Minister take up the Liberal Democrat plan to end this crisis and make sure people can get an NHS dentist when they need one? Well, Mr Speaker, the NHS recently reformed uh, dentistry contracts, which will improve access for patients. Dentistry receives about £3 billion a year. There are around 500 more dentists delivering care in the NHS last year than the year before. He mentioned children. I am pleased to say that almost 45% more children saw an NHS dentist in that year compared to the year before. marie Boris. Thank you, Mr Deputy
3: Speaker. At the Prime Minister's question time, on the 4th of February 2015, David Cameron said he was determined to do whatever it took to fix the Dorish railway line, the only route to the south-west. Phase four risks losing part of its agreed funding, while phase five falls foul of a 10-year moratorium on new funding. The line is only as resilient as its weakest link. Will the Prime Minister commit to getting this resilience programme Back on track and fully
1: funded. Mm. Right. Mr. Speaker, we're committed to improving the resilience of this iconic stretch of railway. It provides a vital link for people in the southwest. That's why today we've invested over £165 million in delivering solutions to protect the line. And I know Network Rail is continuing to develop the case for further investment, and my honourable friend will be keen to feed into that. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr Speaker, this week my city of Dundee not
2: only announced its flights will be connecting with Heathrow, but also the Scottish Government's commitment to Dundee being at the forefront of making Scotland a major world economy, both bringing investment, jobs and opportunity. However, the UK Government seems to have a problem with this. Mr Speaker, Scotland's international engagement is to be reduced. Despite being paid for through Scotland's wealth and taxes, UK ambassadors and diplomats have been instructed to obstruct the Scottish Government's international engagement, with every foreign nation worldwide told not to deal with the Scottish Government directly. This, Mr. Speaker, has already been described as, and I quote, smacking of a parent, trying and failing to control a teenager. So, will the Prime Minister assure me and the businesses, wealth creators, and most importantly, my constituents that want to see Dundee and Scotland prosper? The while Scotland's short time left in this unequal union
1: remains, Scotland will neither be put back in a box or will be bending knee. Uh, well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, I am actually pleased to say that we are supporting the communities of Dundee. They, were, they received uh, £14 million in the levelling up fund to support Green Transport Hub in the city centre. It is a demonstration of the UK Government wanting to invest in communities in Scotland and deliver for Scottish people.
0: So keep
1: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Yeah. On Saturday, I joined my 17-year-old constituent Alfie Ford in walking to raise funds for the National Autistic Society. Alfie's mission is to walk 15,000 steps every day in the month of April to raise awareness around autism and to show that every autis- autistic person deserves the best chance in life. Yeah. This Saturday, he's working, walking from Birmingham City Football Club to Edgebaston Stadium and then back to Birmingham City Football Club. Will the Prime Minister join me in wishing Alfie the very best for his walk and his noble mission to change the way people think about autism for good? Can I start by praising Alfie for his fantastic efforts? He's an inspiration not just to his community uh, but to many others, and I wish him the best of luck for Saturday. Uh, Our autism strategy sets out our ambition to ensure that autistic people across all parts of the country get the support they need to live fulfilling and happy lives, and I look forward to seeing uh, Alfie's progress on the rest of his journey.
0: Do we see Mike Donald?
1: Mr Speaker, my
2: constituent Lisa and her civil service colleagues have worked tirelessly and with distinction during some of the most challenging times, but she is fed up with ministers patting them on the back, all the while imposing derisory 2% and now 4.5% pay rises, despite years of pay restraint and now double-digit inflation. She asks simply, why should I keep working for a UK Government that treats its workers with such contempt? So. Will the Prime Minister stop with the myths and excuses and start negotiating a fair
1: deal with the unions? Uh, well, Mr. Speaker, I pay tribute to all our hard-working public sector workers for the job they do. Uh, we have a well-established independent pay review body process for making sure that we can have pay settlements that are fair and affordable, and I'm very pleased that we've reached agreement with many unions on those pay settlements, and I hope that those members vote in support of them. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Would my right hon. Friend agree with me that those who seek to criticise the Conservative record
2: on law and order should look in the mirror yeah.
1: and ask the question, who was Director of Public Prosecutions for some of those years? Yeah. Oh. Well, Mr Speaker, my right hon. Friend is absolutely right. Our record is clear. We have halved crime since 2010. Yeah. Neighbourhood crime has fallen 25% just in the last few years, criminals are spending longer in prison and, crucially, we, unlike the party opposite, are giving them the powers they need to tackle violent protests.
2: Mr Speaker, my elderly constituent Anne has been in Turkey for five weeks now after her husband suffered a devastating brain bleed and is now in intensive care after their holiday insurance, stay sure, refused to pay medical bills and have so far refused to engage with me. This has resulted in Anne being stuck with extortionate medical bills and surgery costs which she has covered using their life savings finance is running out, they are both stranded and have been advised that they will need to find at least £50,000 to pay for an air ambulance to bring them home. Will the Prime Minister meet with me to consider all the possible options to support constituents like Anne and her husband in difficult situations like this, especially where insurance companies abdicate all responsibility? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can I thank the hon. Gentleman for his question? I am very sorry to hear about the case that he raises my thoughts as I'm sure everyone's will be with Anne and her husband at this difficult time. I will ensure that he gets a meeting as soon as possible with the relevant minister to discuss and progress this case further.
0: Rick Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Mr
3: Speaker. Can I tell, you, tell a tale of two councils? My constituents who live in conservative-controlled Witchaven District Council have enjoyed six years of council tax freezes and excellent public services, while my constituents who live in the Mulvern Hills District Council area, which is run by a ragtag bag of so-called independents and greens, pay nearly 50% more in council tax for a bandy property. Does the Prime Minister agree that the best thing that my constituents can do for the cost of living is to vote Conservative on the board.
1: My uh, my Honourable Friend is of course right. Right across the country, those in Conservative councils pay lower council tax than those of the party opposite. And The choice at this election is clear. It is the Conservatives that deliver for you. It is Labour that costs you.
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. This week, the Women's Rights Network published a report by criminologist Professor Joe Phoenix called When We Are At Our Most Vulnerable, revealing that between January 2019 and October 2022, which includes the pandemic lockdown, of course, there were a staggering 6,539 reported rapes and sexual assaults in UK hospital settings. That's an average of 33 incidents every single week. And as eight police, police forces did not provide any data, the real figures are bound to be significantly higher. What can the Prime Minister and his government do to ensure that all women, staff and patients are safe in Britain's hospitals? Yeah.
1: Yeah, can, I, uh, can I first of all say I was deeply shocked, like the right hon. Lady Anna Paul, to hear about the cases of sexual assault and abuse in the NHS. and I pay tribute to her for her long-standing campaign on these issues. NHS organisations are responsible for protecting their staff and patients from sexual harassment and conduct. Uh, they have recently established a domestic abuse and sexual violence programme to, to build more robust safeguarding uh, processes for protecting patients. We will work very closely with them to ensure that that is implemented, and I know she will hold us to account for doing that. Thank you, Yay! Mr. Speaker. On the, on the
0: 2nd of June,
1: Corwin Station
2: on the Llangothlin Steam Railway will be officially reopened, having been closed 60 years ago under the Beaching axe. Would the Prime Minister join me in congratulating? the volunteers, the local community and the funders who have made this possible, and also take his own share of the credit for granting the levelling up fund to Clwyd South when he was Chancellor, which has paid for the magnificent new roof on Corwen
0: Station.
1: Well, I, uh, I pay tribute to my hon. Friend for all his campaigning. On this. I am delighted that Levelling Up Fund has delivered for Corwin Station. It is a huge boost to local ambitions to see trains returning there, and I know that a small team of the project's volunteers have actually built the majority of the station. They deserve credit and, indeed, a local company in Wrexham has supplied the new steelwork for the canopy roof, providing a welcome boost to the local economy. And I look forward to seeing the station open this summer. Yeah. Daniel
0: Zeichner.
2: Mr Speaker, over recess I was invited to visit one of the major supermarkets in my constituency to discuss food waste, but what struck me most was the experience of shop workers on the front line. They told me they expect or to suffer a violent assault every single day they go to work. So, while more maths might always be helpful, what is this out-of-touch Prime Minister
1: doing to make sure that people can be safe in their workplace? Yes. Well, Mr. Mr Speaker, everyone deserves um, to be safe in their workplace and that's why we're making sure that through our sentencing act we have appropriate sentencing in place for that and more generally making sure that there are police officers and community support officers across the country to help combat crime uh, we're happy to look at future sentencing when we look at reviews of that case uh, Thank you Mr Speaker uh, Leadership and teamwork delivered Bolton Wanderer's superb 4-0 victory in the Papa John's uh, Trophy at Wembley uh, it is delivering the uh, Bolton College of Medical Sciences and delivered Aya Patel's superb Runworth by election victory. So what message does my right hon. Friend have for Councillor Patel and all the campaigners, candidates and activists as we run into this festival of democracy, our local elections? Yeah. I'm Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, can I uh, share in my hon. Friend's congratulations for all those in Bolton, but also uh, my commiserations to those in Plymouth. Especially, uh, especially actually, our party chairman, who is an avid supporter of the Green Army. Um, but Most importantly, I welcome the election of council, Councillor Patel, and I look forward to him joining our other councillors in delivering for their local areas with less crime, lower council tax and, importantly, filling more potholes. Mr Carmichael.
0: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Last week, the Home Office announced that they would not be setting up a bespoke visa scheme for the fishing industry. Of the sort that is already available for people working in fish farms and in offshore wind farms. They also told skippers that crew previously employed by them under a temporary scheme had to stop working immediately. As a consequence of that announcement, in fishing ports around the coast today, many fishing boats are tied up, unable to go to sea. It's the only time. The Home Secretary has been successful in our stated ambition of stopping the boats. <laughs> the Prime Minister and his party promised our fishermen a sea of opportunity if they would support them. But what's the point of a sea of opportunity
1: if you can't get crew to fish in it? Yeah. Yeah. Mr Mr. Speaker, I'm not sure I recognise the characterisation uh, characterisation that the hon. Gentleman put forward. We are proud champions of the UK's fishing industry, not least with our £100 million investment in fishing communities. But we're always looking to engage with them to make sure that they get the support they need. Crucially, all the opportunities that are there for them because of Brexit, we're keen to make sure that we deliver. Jane Hunt. Will the Prime Minister
0: join me? thanking Lorna and Shirley of the Marios Tenente Centre and local churches in Loughborough for all their hard work in establishing a community allotment. Local people use the facility as a great place to get outdoors as well as a relaxing place to be. <laughs>
1: Uh, Mr Speaker, can I pay tribute to uh, Lorna and Shirley for all their uh, fantastic work? Uh, Allotments can do wonders—not just for, as she said, providing food, but also well-being in a place of sanctuary for people around the country, and they deserve enormous praise for creating one for the benefit of their community.
0: That completes Prime Minister's questions.